0: You're listening to the Remorseless Podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Beth Fisher. Welcome to episode number 29. Okay, 29 is one of my favorite numbers because it is literally the number that I tell people I turn age-wise every year on September 11th, which is my birthday. Yep, from here on out. 29th birthday, 29th birthday, 29th birthday. So, episode 29, you guys, I know a lot of you like some uh, shorter intros. I can't do it this week, and here is why. I was uh, contacted by an actual agent. Who said can you please have my actual client on your actual show and i said yeah tell me more I'd, I'd love to hear about it so it's always interesting to me when people reach out and don't know somebody this is the whole point of what we're doing here you guys we are reaching people we are saying this is who we are we stand for really kind of kick-ass women. We stand for people that say, you know what? I'm not the things that you have expected me to be. I am not the labels and the assumptions and the judgments and all of these things that you made up in your mind about me. You know what? Why don't you ask me first and foremost, what I stand for? What's my story? These are things we care about. So when this agent reached out to me and I read the bio of the woman that you guys are going to hear on the show this week, I, I just laughed. I smiled because back in the day, there is no way None, zero zip zilch that Shelly and I would have hung out. I'm pretty sure of it. And after she and I were on the show together, just laughing and sharing space together and going, Yep, this is who we used to be. And you know why? We were like that because that's what life taught us. We had to put up those walls, we had to pretend that we were somebody that we weren't. And it's just exhausting. So at this point in our lives and midlife, you're like, you know what? Take it or leave it, people. Seriously, take it or leave it. So Shelly Moore Bartholomew joins us this week. Shelley Moore Bartholomew, check it, you guys! Small town girl from Tennessee who won the 1997 Miss Teen USA title. Okay, it is embarrassing to say, but as I shared on on the show with Shelley, I, I'm pretty sure I used to throw really pretty girls like this straight into the locker, cheerleaders, etc. Right? Because I was just sort of not that way. I was I was not pleasant in high school. My own wall was up, my own self-defense mechanisms were in play, and I hated it as well because I wasn't that person. So we share all about this on the show. Shelly, again, as I mentioned, literally won the, the 1997 Miss Teen USA title. Okay, she's got a crown somewhere. In 96, the year before, she won the Miss Northern Tennessee local title before she competed in the United States across the country and won Miss Teen USA Tennessee so just a really interesting story but she's with us this week her agent reached out because Shelly has just released a book called this beautiful mess love a good oxymoron right and this beautiful mess talks about the messiness of life it talks about what happens when we're lonely inside it talks about when our lives don't go according to plan and so i am really excited for you guys to listen to her to listen to our conversation this week to listen to a lot of the laughter back and forth and the shared you know experiences in life because we're all in this thing together you guys so thank you for being here as always let's go episode number 29 Hi, Shelly. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really, really happy to meet you and happy
1: that you are here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. You know, one of the things I always start out the show with for our listeners and viewers is just explain to them how we met. If in fact, there was a prior connection because and I'll let you tell the story, but in this case there wasn't. So just a quick overview about how
1: you and I came to be sitting here now. Yeah. So, um, my sweet, um, PR person, Kathy, just sent me a text actually and said, hey, there's this great podcast that I think you'd be interested in because we were, we both agreed that we wouldn't just do anything, but we would really focus on podcast, any kind of media that really relates to my heart in the book, everything that I want to come alongside, walk alongside other people, which obviously ended up being you, of course. And she just said, I really think you're going to love it. Like here is a background of it. And I said, absolutely sign me up. When can I get on? So I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled to to be on the show. Yeah. And thank you
0: for sharing it because that is so true. You and I were talking a little bit about just this before, which is God's providence, how people show up in our lives at just the right time for just the right purpose. That really is outside of anything to do with us in a weird way. It's just sort of like when we show up in the world to help other people be inspired. Say, you can do this. This is the life lesson that I learned. I'm here to show up for you to see if maybe this is helpful, then, you know, the rest just kind of works itself out. So that's kind of where I'd like to start. Will you share with our viewers and listeners? Like little bit about your backstory, you know, just where you're from, if you grew up in the faith, just kind
1: of like the high points before we dive into your book. Yeah, absolutely. I love that question. Um, So I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. I live in Nashville, Tennessee right now with um, where my husband is from, but um, grew up in Jacksonville and yes, I grew up going to church every Sunday, um, Southern Baptist background, and which was interesting um, meeting my husband because we kind of had to meet in the middle. He was a very evangel- evangelical background. Um, and we balanced each other really well. I mean, complimented each other really well and had a, and really learned a lot from each other. And so where we are today and sort of a non-denominational um, uh, church that we're at right now, that it's just been kind of an interesting journey for us being, you know, growing up in the Bible belt and um So anyway, uh it was, it was my my mom, dad, and my sister and I moved from Jacksonville, Florida to um Severeville, Tennessee, of all places. And then on to Knoxville. I know it was quite a change. Like the jokes just never ended because I was in, I was in eighth grade. It was like, oh, well, you can leave all your shoes here, Shelly, because you don't need them in Tennessee in those creeks where you're gonna go to school, you know. And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So You know, I was, I was the joke and, um, but yeah, definitely my mom and my dad were big, um, believers in just making sure that we had, you know, our life verses and we were in church on Sundays and, uh, just really, um, encouraged us in our faith all growing up and still do today.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I like the part where you said your husband's name is Will, right? Yes. Yes. And I love the part where you said you had to like find that middle ground, that compromise because it took me a long time, like 30 years to figure out that denominations were different. You know, when you grow up and nobody really tells you, Hey, there are people in the world who, in my case, aren't Catholic. I'm like, wait, what, what do those people believe? You know? know.
1: It's just, yeah.
0: But when you come together and you, you say, talk to me about your upbringing, talk to me about your belief systems, and then you have a family together. It's an interesting way to then sort of say, what do we actually stand for? What are our values and where do they come from and all that stuff? So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The other part about your story that really, um, made me smile. And we talked about this is that a lot of folks that are on the show know my backstory, which is, um, I may or may not have been the girl growing up in like the late eighties, early nineties, who would like throw cheerleaders into the locker. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like this is the <laughs> crazy thing about women. Now, when you figure out who, how to be the person that God made you to be and how to have self-acceptance and like, I'm good. Right. After all of those things, women have never been the enemy, right? Like, as you know, I talked about, it's kind of like, I don't know if I liked any of my boyfriends growing up anyway. I just did it really because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. But there's a part of me that when I saw your bio and I'm like, wait a minute, she actually won like Miss Teen USA. I need to know more about this because when I feel like I should, I owe somebody an apology. (laughs) But two, I was in a weird way. I watched all of that because I really respected it. But sort of like the street cred was like, oh no, there'd be no, no way anybody would care about that. I loved it because it's hard work. And I loved it because it showed people who had passion and who were standing in front of people saying, um, this is probably not super comfortable. I might be a little afraid I'm competing, but I still am this person with so much more depth than what these potential people are assuming about me. That's really interesting to me. We just talk about that whole thing, that part of your life.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, I talk about a lot in the book about expectations and how often what we expect is actually just the story we're telling ourselves. So in my case, you know, um, and with a cheerleader or whatever, I had definitely those girls. I wasn't super nice to, or just automatically without knowing them. I still like, we still do this today And whether it was from the boys, you know, um, pitting us against each other, you know, which totally happened and created this whole dynamic, which was very unhealthy and did not, you know, serve just women supporting women like we are today, gratefully. But, um, you know, I, I, I was often confronted with what people expected me to be like, expected me to think like. Um, and so definitely whenever, you know, I was competing, um, that, that really played a role and I had to really dive, do, do a deep dive inside to say, okay, well, who am I, can I do this? What does it mean when I stand up here on the stage? And unfortunately, when and you'll see in my story, and I go into this in the book um, early on in the book is, um, and I've had so many people that have even read the preview go, I can't believe you felt that way when you were walking across the stage. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how could you have felt insecure? How mm-hmm. could you have felt uncomfortable? Like, I had no idea what was going on. Actually, the editor that worked closely with me in the book watched the YouTube video and was like, I literally watched it three times. Like. I could not like you played it off so well, but what were we taught to do when we were young, when the boys were pitting us against each other? We learned to just put on whatever costume we could that felt like we were protected and we wore that costume out. Well, that's the costume I was wearing. And I wore it really well by then because it was my defense mechanism, you know? And so when I was walking across that stage, I definitely wasn't feeling like I was anything but confident. Yeah. Yeah. That thank you for sharing that because it's hard to get
0: to that point. And, and I've, you know, been on the other side of that too, as I know many women have in this life, it's like people see what they want to see. Mm -hmm. They make immediate judgments and they have these assumptions about how we are every single day, how she's so lucky, or she's so pretty, or she's so fill in the blank with the adjectives. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, tell me your story, you know, tell me what you stand for. Tell me what you've gone through. Who are
1: you? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And when you guys hear, um, Michelle is referring to her book. So the title is This Beautiful Mess, which... Let's just talk about that a second. Perfect title. Love it. I was immediately, as soon as I saw it, I went, yes, I need to read this book. And so one of the quotes that, um, an early reader said about your book is this. I love it. It says Shelly Bartholomew's vulnerable and hilarious storytelling empowers you to embrace the unpretty and unfinished parts of your story to find beauty in the in-between and laugh at life's messes along the way. So how important do you think just laughing at some like humor, what does that get us through? Right?
1: Like how, can you share some of that, your experiences with just that? Gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, if you don't know what laughing does to your soul, first thing I would say is find something that makes you laugh and try it. Cause um, you know, but about the journey that we're in or the in-between that we're in, but we can look at it and, and pull ourselves out of it and look at it, try to look at it from the outside and try to find the beauty in it still, because there's something in there to be learned to, or to learn from. Um, there's something in there that is ultimately making us into a stronger person, specifically if it is a struggle. Um, and that process, when I looked back on my life, I just thought, gosh, I'm so tired of looking at it as regrets because I did. I was like, I regret this or I regret, oh, if I could have just done this better as a parent, gosh, if mm-hmm. I would have done this instead, you know, looking back and going, I don't want my kids to feel like that. I don't want anybody else to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking at, teaching them, my kids to say, there's, there's a lot of beauty in that. There's a lot of gratefulness in that. And one of my reasons for writing this whole book was I was young when I had kids, we were young when we got married. I feel like I was the first of a lot of things um, of doing a lot of big life decision, making a lot of big life decisions. And so I felt lonely so often, like on that stage, when I explained in the beginning, all of these people staring at me, and I just, I, I just felt lonely, like nobody understands. And that is what I wanted to, you know, convey the reason that it ended up being a book and not just a journal was, I just don't want other women to feel lonely. And there's got to be a woman out there that needs this book. And if it's just one, oh my goodness, God, I mean, get, find her. Yes. That's all. Yeah. And not then, part. Yeah. And then there'll be a lot of other available for people that maybe don't need it. But yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be the total opposite because you were exactly right. And the thing is it's just
0: about saying, Me too. You know, I have this experience too. And when we come together, no matter what that me too experience is, there's something about showing up in camaraderie and saying, you know what? Thank you for being brave enough to share that because I've been afraid to share it, but I felt the exact same thing. And so back to the point about just being humorous, right? I had somebody in the show, Amberly Niece, a great friend of mine. And she says yeah. it's holy humor.
1: Yeah. You know, so oh, yeah like
0: she, she really finds yeah. there's holiness in authenticity and just laughter. Because if you take everything so seriously, like life's hard enough, right?
1: How are we going to get through it? Unless we can like learn to laugh at ourselves a little bit along the way. Yeah. It's really funny because um, speaking of laughter, so to answer, I, I sort of didn't answer your question before, but during when I was writing this book, some of the hardest parts that I thought were going to be, cause I go into my childhood. So I had to go back with my parents mm-hmm. and I'm from a broken home. And so I asked some really kind of uncomfortable questions and we just ended up laughing like, Oh my goodness, like life is funny like even when you look back at the what's the unfunny like that's if you just laugh at it and go you know what it happened mm-hmm. it happened mm-hmm. like and we got through it we got through it yeah and that's that's really the definition of of a humor right it's like
0: a, with enough time you yeah. got to put the time element because a lot of times when you're going through it, it's not not so funny in the moment <laughs> it is not
1: Yes. No. Just know that you can look back on it one day. That's it. You look forward to that. <laughs>
0: That's it. That's it. So so tell us why you actually decided to write the book like that is so personal. You talk about your childhood. It's very raw, at times just very vulnerable. Like what was maybe the impetus that got you to say, I'm gonna write this book.
1: Yeah. You know, the honest truth to why is I just couldn't write it anymore. Yeah. I, I just though I've I've had the words, I've had the journals. I've had the kids that at every specifically I talk about my daughter, I think just because I have a girl and two boys and I think specifically just um, because I was a girl, simply female, female. I think that as she journeyed through her life and I raised her and she's now an adult, I mean, she's 18 turning 19. And I think Going through those moments, I knew I can't not write this anymore for her, for the woman that she wants to be and she's becoming. So for to tell my story, to be vulnerable, uncomfortable um, is worth it all if they know they're not alone. Yes. She's going out in the world how can I be brave? How can I tell my kids to be brave if I'm not willing to be? That's right. And so I was, I hit rock bottom and I was like, Lord, you, you take this. You got to do everything. I don't know what I'm doing at all. Aww. Has your daughter read it? Um, She, she has. So we just got them last night. Okay. Okay. We just got them. I have given her, she's read some of the chapters, but she really wanted to. So she's, she's read like a lot of bits and pieces, but our whole family was like, we're going to wait until we actually get it all and everybody will get their book and read it. So, um, she's reading it now.
0: That's awesome.
1: You know, I only have one
0: child who's 24 and yeah. she's a, she's a sheep So yeah. I, I feel you with that because I was so nervous slash, um, unable to not do it. I thought for all of the things I wish I would have known for all Mm -hmm. the things I have learned, she's my go-to person. She's the person in this world that I want to, as a mother, right? Say, how can I make your load a little less heavy? How can I sort of unburden you from, and it might not, the answer might be, I can't, but yet I need to do everything I can to at least equip you Mm -hmm. to read about this, to say, this is what I learned. Make your choices. You know, I'm going to love you unconditionally anyway. For me, it just really nothing is more uh, powerful in terms of how I see God, mm-hmm. how much I know we're unconditionally loved
1: than my love for her. So, because he how, lets us do what we want to do here, he lets us have free choice, yes. And that's how I mean, he's there to, as an example to parenting, and so I love that because that is exactly how we parent as well. I mean, we can only give you what we can give you humanly. We are, you, you are ours too on loan. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I love that. Did writing the book um, sort
0: of help you in retrospect, look at your life through maybe a different lens or how has it changed you?
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. You could probably answer. You probably already know the answer to this, (laughs) you know, writing a book yourself. I mean, I honestly had no idea yeah. what I was going to put myself through, um, re- <laughs> or my family, you know, yeah. re- reliving yeah. the stories, um, reevaluating them this side of life. It was funny because I thought I almost wrote this book when in my twenties. And I think there's a lot, like, I think there's a lot of, of girls that are writing books at 20 that will be wonderful for what they are right now. And I hope they write one at 40 as well, because it's just so interesting. The perspective that I have now versus then. Um, and it's also given me, I think a gentleness and definitely a less, I don't think I, I realized how judgmental I was until I wrote this book. I don't think there's any judgment left in me. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's The most humbling experience, especially now that you write a book and it's the Instagram and the social media and putting yourself out there and everything else. I'm like, oh dear. Yes.
0: Yes. Everything you said spot on. And, and, you know, the word is overused. I think when you say when people write a book, but it is very cathartic, it's very healing, Awesome, yeah. But just like you said, it it forces you to take a really introspective, like hard look at yourself to be like, okay, I'm writing about experiences that made me feel a certain way, mm-hmm. but what am I doing perhaps still to perpetuate
1: other people feeling the same way? Like, how am I guilty of this? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's hard like, like an open wound that It's like I'm wondering. Actually, I'm like I'm out. I'm I'm coming out of this. Like it's in. It's my my paper baby is born. (laughs) Actually, here. Like when's that wound gonna close? I'm like I think it's gonna stay open for a while. So yeah. So the, the vulnerability aspect, and I'm so grateful for it because then I'm. It's created a conversation with my family that is very authentic. Like I don't I don't have anything judgy or really helicopter parent. Like, I don't have anything else to say other than you just, I am, I love you. (laughs) That is
0: awesome. (laughs) Was your husband super supportive in the process? Like, did you have to write during like
1: crazy hours of the day or what was that like? Yeah, he really was. So we also own a business called D one sports training. And so we, you know, he's sort of been through this process when I was wrangling all the kids and popping out babies, you know, doing all of that. He kind of, Like, I feel like we, we did, um, kind of like a flip a little bit, but, um, I mean, he's still super busy with that, but I think having older kids helped, but he was super, super supportive, but it kind of scared him a little bit. I think it'll be interesting to have, um, him talk about it a little bit because a lot of it was like, we didn't need to do this. You know, he's like, I think a part of him probably was like, why do you need to do this? Like, I don't know why you can't like don't that's why I got all those journals for, you know. Yes. <laughs> cause cause it's a it's it's been a process for everybody and a sacrifice for everybody. But in the end, um I know he's he's super proud, you know, of this accomplishment. And um I, I keep telling him he needs to write one. So yeah. Awesome.
0: We have a D1 sports complex, here. like fairly new. i in Grand Rapids, Michigan, by the way. Oh!
1: Okay. yes, you do. I love those owners too. Oh, they're awesome. They were at our summit. Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah
0: they're like two miles down the road. So yes. Yeah, yes. I, when I read that on your bio, I went, I love these people. I have no idea, never met them for my life. But like I yeah, can, yeah I can hang yeah. out with them. Oh. You know, when I wrote my book, it was funny because there was obviously it's hard to write a book unless you're writing straight up fiction, yeah. which oftentimes is based on reality anyway. But like when people know you're writing a nonfiction book and you're taking some of your life experiences. People get very angsty. Like, what is she going to say about me?
1: (laughs) Oh, girl, you have yes. I got some of that from the from the home front. Uh huh. It's hard not to. It was so funny because some of the stories were taken out. Like I like I have a ton of funny stories about my boys when they were babies. I mean, I'm talking like tearing across tearing apart poopy diapers, like. (laughs) whole <laughs> thing through the net in the, in the, in the crib, like I've got crazy. And some of them got cut. I mean, I had so many stories that I didn't want to make it a, especially for my first book. It's like, you know, the audio book is like four and a half hours instead of like an eight and a half, you know, I mean, I wanted to make it a certain size. Yeah. And, um, so some of them got cut, but yeah, it started to be like a competition a little bit in our house too. And then, on the flip side with like my parents and everything, I think my, my biological dad is, I think he's, he's, he's probably a pretty, pretty nervous about, you know, cause I, I do go through some hard stories and he's been married several times. And, you know, I just told him, I, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm very vulnerable and I need you to know, I'm, I'm going to tell my, it's my story, you know, and I'm sorry if it hurts you. I don't want it to, my hope is that you'll come and talk to me if it does. And that's really all I can do right. with it. So, right. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I am. Um, so Olivia's dad,
0: um, we met in college and, um, so I got married. I was 21, 22. And okay. so I had to have like legal releases from most of the folks that I referenced all of them, actually, some of them declined. Mm. Um, but at any rate, he read it. He was super supportive and he goes, hold up. I got one question. I've known you for 30 years. I get like
1: one paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and that tells me so much. Right. That confirms so much. <laughs> I was like,
0: you should be thanking me that I left a whole lot of chapters out, but
1: no, okay, I'm I'm right a, right. there's always a sequel, you yeah, know, so right. I can find a book. I can write a book. That's right.
0: But to your point earlier, like we are not the same women today that yeah. we were in our younger years. And thank God for that. Because I mean, we're right. not supposed to be right. I would hate feeling stuck if I said, oh yeah, I'm exactly who I was all those years ago because I didn't have all of those experiences to pull from. And it's just, this is the whole point of life. And sometimes people are so hard on themselves. And that's my last question for you. It leads to this is, you know, what's the message, the one message that you hope people will take away after reading this beautiful mess?
1: You know, I think, I think the message is a little bit of what we were talking about before is you're not alone. Mm. Like everyone has messes. We are We all live in some sort of a mess and more than often, more often than not, we're trying to hide that mess. And the person next to you, that expectation, the person that you look, look at and go, she doesn't have any, like, how could she feel like I do? That is the story you're telling yourself. And they're probably trying to hide it just like you are. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest thing I could really just translate is you're not alone. None of us are perfect. Let's just embrace our messes and say no to perfection. Um it's just that's my prayer and my my heart's beat for the women that get their hands on this book. So thank you so much for writing. And we can find it on Amazon, is that right? Amazon so you can go to my website which I'm sure is on the show notes, You can actually just download the free preview see if it's for you you know i mean every book is not for every person but i hope it's for you and yeah you can download the preview and then right below that read order on amazon and you should be getting it. i think they're amazon shipping them out in about a week yay i am so excited for you proud of you for doing it thank you you as well you as well i've not been able to read your book yet but i i ordered it just um before so i'm i'm excited I can't wait i can't wait
0: and like we should just reconvene at some later date and say Absolutely. this is this is what happened on the book tour like this is these are the lessons that we learned
1: the over i know i love it i can't wait to follow your story and now the podcast i even started listening to with you today so um i will definitely be sharing that and just really enjoyed meeting you and thank you for having me on the show yes you got it you got it
0: all right readers viewers listeners you will be readers and calling your readers now in advance of ordering okay. shelley's book All of of her information will be in the show notes. And you guys, thank you for being here this week. And um, Shelly, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Okay, guys, as always, thank you for joining me here on another episode of Remorselessly Biblical. What did you think of Shelly? Wow. Huh? What a story. I mean, just she's real. The woman is real. She's authentic. She's all the things that I think each of us can relate to we can understand so I really am hoping that you guys are gonna go out straight away and order this beautiful mess I've already received my copy I went right to Amazon after I interviewed her and ordered it myself arrived very shortly thereafter and I am like I don't know I think on chapter two or three and just I can't stop reading it so you guys um, here's the thing life is hard growth change transformation is hard you know what's the hardest thing I've learned is just being who you are it's being authentic is being real Be the person that God created you to be. That's all each of us can do, right? So don't for one second think you have to show up as an imposter version of yourself. Don't for one second think that you've got to please somebody. Because you know what? People are, they're fickle, man. They don't always act like they even know what they're talking about. And when they don't know what they're talking about, why would we acquiesce? Look that word up. Also, I had one of my favorites lately. But why would we bend over backwards, trying to pretend that we are somebody that we're not to please a person that we think deserves to be pleased, when like the next day, they're probably going to change their mind. So it's just tiring, the up and down, back and forth, pretending to be somebody you're not. Don't do it. Literally don't do it. I wasted so many years living under a pretense like that. And uh, that's about it. You know. So as always, I'm glad you guys are here. If you can go to my website, bethfisher.com, you can sign up for newsletters there. I'd appreciate that check out my coaching. That's also available for you. I do personal and professional development, do one-on-one group training, um, you know, just all, all sorts of things that we can engage in together. So we're in this thing on this journey of life. Let's go, keep going, keep showing up and be remorseless on your journeys, you guys. Okay. Until next time, which is two weeks from today, I bid you adieu.